You're listening to Little Bites, the podcast for volunteer managers with solutions you can snack on. This is Sammy, Volunteer Toronto's training specialist, coming to you from the pantry, our crowded storage closet. Joining me today is Kamara Chambers, Volunteer Toronto's Executive Director. On today's episode, it's my favorite volunteer management topic, dismissal. So dismiss the thought that termination is difficult. We're going to have your brain firing and ready to go. And to add to those puns, our snack of the day is spicy Skittles because they're fiery Hopefully someone's laughing. Now to get started with our guest snacker, please tell us who you are and what you do. My name's Kamara Chambers. I'm the executive director here at Volunteer Toronto. And could you tell me your favorite snack? That's a tough one because I am a cereal snacker, even though I've tried to stop. I probably would say most recently my favorite snack is plantain chips. They're basically like similar to banana chips. They're salted. They are very addictive and I could eat those for days. Alright, so I'm going to start our conversation by talking a little bit about the different roles people play, and especially the role of the dismissal policy. So my first question is, what role does the executive director and also the volunteer manager play in dismissing a volunteer? That's a great question. I think the volunteer manager is naturally someone who probably will be very involved in the process and probably most aware of the situation and how it's unfolded over time. The executive director may not necessarily be involved in the dismissal. I think this really, though, depends on the organization, its style, its culture, also its size. I definitely think that if you're working for a charity or a nonprofit that has maybe 500 staff, the executive director may not necessarily have the time or capacity to actually get involved with volunteer dismissal, unless it's a very serious issue. And so it may be left to the volunteer managers or the other senior staff to be involved. But of course, for a smaller organization, it's quite likely the executive director would be involved. So I guess thinking about senior leadership more, maybe to what extent should senior leadership and maybe even the board be involved in making a dismissal policy? I think they should be quite involved, actually. And I think this is a really interesting topic because whilst other policies board members are probably very involved in, it might be easy to almost delegate this to to other members of staff thinking it's not quite as important. But I I think it really is. And there are definitely times when, you know, volunteer dismissal can, can go in a direction that you don't necessarily expect it to. So if you do have a policy in place, it makes a world of difference. And I think you really using that as an opportunity to involve the board and the ED to make sure that they are comfortable with whatever the policy says is a great way of ensuring that when a volunteer is dismissed, everyone will be on board with, with how it happens and how it goes down. Yeah, I think the biggest thing we always say about dismissal is have a policy before it's a problem. So you yeah. want to have a policy in place ahead of time. And especially, I mean, in our process, staff kind of came up with the ideas and the board was able to work on it from there. And it was very back and forth. And there was a lot of consultation involved. But definitely this is, as you said, not something that should just be, okay, give it to one person to handle it. It should be something a lot of people are looking at. Exactly. And I think the the key thing is you don't want to be building the plane while you're flying. So in a situation where you do have to fire a volunteer, it can be stressful. So you don't want to have to be figuring out what you're going to do and how you're going to be handling it on the spot. So that's why policy makes a true difference. That makes sense. Now, I'm going to ask this next question, but I'm going to preface it by saying that we are not lawyers. As far as you know, are there any liabilities or even legal issues when dismissing or firing a volunteer? That's a great question. Hopefully it never, ever gets to that stage. Um, I would definitely say, of course, things can escalate and a volunteer may want to come back and in the worst case scenario, sue you. So I think in reality, that's very, very rare. It's something that I've never heard happen myself before. But I guess in any situation, being sued or legal liabilities coming in is always something that's a possibility. And there are different situations that a volunteer might want to sue an organization. Although I do think in reality, if a volunteer is dismissed and they're not happy with it, 
they wouldn't necessarily go down the legal route. It's more likely that they maybe would take it further in the organization or maybe take it a bit more public, like writing something on your social media pages. Right. So there's still a risk factor involved because they could start to spread the word or something about it. Something I'm, I'm asked all the time is, oh, we got rid of a volunteer, but they keep showing up. So you want to consider your health yeah. and safety implications in your organization and make sure you have systems in place to keep that person from showing up if that's the case. So we've talked about it a few times in terms of having the right systems in place ahead of time. A number of years ago, we updated our, our dismissal policy, which will be linked in the blog post attached to this uh, episode. But what do you think a dismissal policy should include? So a dismissal policy really should include the how, when, and why a volunteer would be dismissed. The dismissal policy explicitly explains what a volunteer can expect if the situation were to arise. So really the how would be essentially how the dismissal would be carried out, how would the volunteer be communicated to about it, the when would be the circumstances and how quickly it would happen. There are definitely some circumstances that are more serious than others. Right. Um, and then you also want to be sure to mention things like, will the volunteer have any warnings or will it simply be a case that once incident has happened, it's over, the volunteer is asked to leave. Right. So it's pretty important that those things are actually all covered, just so all staff and then future volunteers are aware of what to expect. So in our policy, the grounds for immediate dismissal, we have four of them. It's illegal, violent and or unsafe acts. It's theft of property or misuse of our organization's funds, equipment, client information, and materials, being under the influence of alcohol or drugs while performing volunteer duties, and kind of a bit of a blanket term called any action or behavior that causes harm to clients. It took us a while to land on these, I remember. So what are some of your thoughts on that as well? Well, I think that these grounds definitely cover the gamut of the most serious acts and when immediate dismissal would happen. Um, I know that I haven't necessarily seen anything like it, and I think that what happens more often is more minor repeated behavior from a volunteer that isn't necessarily right. immediate dismissal, but it will eventually lead to it. But I do think these cover exactly what needs to be touched on because they're, they're such important and quite serious situations. Yeah, and I have seen some organizations where, and this might be the case for our listeners, you need to decide what an immediate ground means to you. So maybe a volunteer missing a shift without telling you in advance is actually grounds for immediate dismissal if it's going to be a health and safety risk for a client or it's going to be a big risk for the organization. Yes, I completely agree. I've, I've worked in organizations where immediate dismissal, there was, a, there was a lower threshold for that than one would expect just because of the type of people and clients that um, the organization worked with, it was really important that if a volunteer overstepped their boundaries and did something, even if it was one time, that they were immediately dismissed. Right. Though another organization that maybe has, that maybe they work in a less risky environment could potentially be more flexible. Right. And that's, it it's really up for everyone to decide for themselves. But again, it's good to have ahead of time. Another big component of our policy is kind of a warning system for those grounds that are not immediate dismissal. So part of that warning system is making sure that everything's being recorded. So you sit down with a volunteer, you have a conversation, you talk about the issues, talk about where to go next. Why is it important to record everything and document everything? So here's the thing. When, when small things happen, particularly with volunteers, you don't necessarily want to think the worst in those situations. You really always typically want to think the best of the volunteer and assume that things will get better afterwards. The reality, unfortunately, is is that sometimes the situation will just escalate or right. the, the situation will just keep happening time and time again. And so it's really important that if something happens and it causes you some concern, that you document it just so you can remember how often it's been happening. And so if it does happen again, you'll be able to see when it happened and how it happened. Because sometimes you'll be surprised, and I know this has happened to me, 
where you think, oh, it was just a one-off situation. I'll make a note of it. It probably won't happen again. And then when you look back, it's actually happened five times over the past month. It's, right. it's serious. Right. And it can be as any, anything as small as the volunteer is consistently late or the volunteer maybe is slightly stepping outside of their role for whatever reason. Right. And if it keeps happening, you can look back and say, okay, this is something we need to either deal with or it goes to dismissal, which actually brings to a big part of the dismissal process, something that, that we recommend should be in every dismissal process and policy is a formal dismissal meeting. So what should that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the important things that I've learned over the past few years is that whenever you're having any kind of <clears throat> formal meeting like this, it's a really good idea to bring another member of staff to the meeting with you, just so that there are two people from the organization witnessing what's happening. Otherwise, the volunteer really could walk away and say, the volunteer manager shouted at me or right. you know, spoke to me in a really harsh tone when that wasn't necessarily the case. And that might have just been how they interpreted it. So I'd really say that's important from the get go. Make sure that you have a colleague who understands the situation and is being brought into the meeting with you. That person doesn't necessarily have to be an active participant. They might just be an observer, but they're still there to actually witness what's going on. Right. When you have the meeting, it's really important that you have your facts and information clear, uh, that you speak in a very clear and calm tone, um, and that essentially you're prepared to explain to the volunteer that, you know, you value them, you really appreciate the time that they're giving you, and you explain to them what the next steps are. So they right. fully understand what the consequences are. Ideally, you want to give them an opportunity to ask any questions at that point or to potentially give their point of view, but you want to avoid essentially becoming too personal or critical of the volunteer during the process. It's really important to focus on the incident rather than the person. There's an additional question that wasn't uh, on our preparation notes that was a, a later addition. A number of organizations deal with a lot of high turnover with volunteer managers. So what can happen is uh, a volunteer may have just been dismissed five years ago, let's say, and, it, and two new volunteer managers have been in the role since then. So what's to keep a volunteer from coming back? Or what might be done by an organization to ensure that there's enough records to acknowledge when a volunteer was dismissed in the past? I think that's really where record keeping comes into play and ensuring that ideally there's a clear handover or some kind of folder or document that expresses and lists out essentially volunteers who have been dismissed in the past so any new people can actually read that. And I've, I've seen that here at Volunteers Toronto, situations where particularly for some of our event volunteers who are more short term, one staff member has had a particular issue and dismissed them and then the person then applies to volunteer at another event that's being led by a different staff member right. and what we really learned from the process was that communication internally was crucial but also that we needed to make sure that we always had a clear record of the volunteers who'd been dismissed to ensure that, that doesn't happen again in the future i guess it's a great thing if the volunteer wants to keep coming back time and time again but maybe not great for your organization. Yes, and I mean, as much as possible, <laughs> dismissal should be final with the organization. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that actually brings us to today's Big Bite, which is really the highlights from our episode. And honestly, the biggest takeaway is have a policy. If you don't have a dismissal policy, press pause and go write it right now, then come back for the very end of the episode. It's really important that you have it in place before it's a problem and that it's something you do think about before an issue comes up. And as much as possible, you need to follow the dismissal policy as close as you can. Those immediate dismissal grounds, the process, the warnings, the meetings, all of that. And again, it's something every volunteer should know from the beginning so that they can follow. Anything to add at the end there? I do. So I, I definitely know for me personally, dismissing a volunteer is never something that's fun. And it's really easy to avoid dismissing a volunteer, even if they have had chronic uh, bad behavior over a period of time. Um, 
and my fear was always that the person like I'd have the meeting and then the person would become incredibly hostile and confrontational I found though in practice one if you have a clear policy not only does it help but also the volunteer then understands what's happening and why it's happening but two the situations where the person actually does become very confrontational have been very very rare right um so even though that's a massive fear I, I actually don't think it happens that often and i think that once you've done it a few times you'll become even better um equipped to handling those tough conversations and doing so with finesse so thank you so much for the conversation today kamara the blog post is going to feature our highlights and a link to our dismissal policy as i noted for our listeners i leave you with one snack to go If you don't have a dismissal policy, check out ours and make one yourself, and feel free to copy what we have because a lot of it it could be applicable for you and obviously make it your own as well. Do you have any pressing questions you'd like answered on air? Send us an email at littlebites at volunteertoronto.ca or tweet us at volunteerto anytime. You can also find all our episodes on the Inspiring Action blog at volunteertoronto.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Little Bites and found some solutions you can snack on. Thanks for listening and keep snacking.